Isaiah Swerve Scott. 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 Uh, Ke- Kevin. I, I, Kevin, what yeah. are you doing? Why why do you just keep saying Isaiah Swerve Scott? Oh, I have an audition to be a commentator for NXT, and it's pretty much the only thing they say throughout the entire broadcast. So if I get it right, I'll nail this thing. Oh. Isaiah Swerve Scott? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Fiend event. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> All right, so wrestling is about to go through this period of really weird scheduling, at least the wrestling that we watch. About to? Uh, I believe it's it's already begun. Uh, So NXT uh, had TakeOver on Saturday, which was the same night as Dynamite for this week, or that week. This week... Dynamite's on Thursday, and then next week, NXT is on Tuesday. I think I got this down, at least for And I'm pretty <laughs> sure week. that, the, that AW, the AEW next week will go back to Wednesday, but then the following week, they change again. <laughs> anyway. It's all I mean, basketball I, and hockey's fault. Yeah. I, I actually, I mean, I don't mind it. The only thing that I... Having to this week have to watch three shows instead of two was a little more complicated for me. And I just got it all done over the last day or so. And I'm locked and loaded with some complaints. Uh, I, I'm i going to be honest. I didn't watch AEW. Uh, I, saw, I watched some highlights. I read the results. That's about it. Uh, so I watched uh, TakeOver and I watched NXT this week. Well, I watched as much of AEW as I could because I set my DVR to record it and because it started 30 minutes later than it was supposed to because the basketball game, I didn't see the Cody match. I didn't see the last 30 minutes of the show, oh, which okay. I know what happened. And <laughs> I mean, they gave the title the uh, championship to the Dark Order. So I. I, I didn't really need to see it, I guess, because that's about the stupidest thing you can do. And it was like a five-minute match. Yeah, I mean, if they would have done this to uh, Brody Lee when we first saw him, maybe this would have made it in. Anyway, uh, I guess we could just start complaining about that now. Mike, what do you want to talk about? There's a lot to go over here. There's a lot to dive into, and I have a lot of complaints. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's... Let's start off with uh, your complaints for a show that I actually watched, uh, uh, TakeOver 30 or TakeOver Vin Diesel. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're pulling up your notes there. Uh-huh. Got to get it all and let's go. Let's make this happen. So okay. this was not the best TakeOver. 
I'm going to start off by saying that. <laughs> okay. Uh, besides the point of Brazongo, Brazongo won their their triple threat match for the number one contendership and then went on to win the titles, something that I specifically said would not happen because they very recently had a title shot. So, poo on me. Well, let's get this all out of the way. Brazongo winning this match and then going on to win the championships, not even on a takeover and a prolonged feud, seems like a Raw or SmackDown move. That does not seem to have good booking involved. In it. I like Brazongo. I like Tyler Breeze. I like Fandango. I'd, I'd buy a beer. Yeah, I'd hang out. I'd shoot the shit with them. I think I'd get along with them. They seem like funny guys that are pretty good pro wrestlers. Nothing about them says tag team champions in NXT specifically, where it's usually your best workers with long-term booking plans. The division is an absolute mess. So maybe that's why they're just giving it to them for now. But I or mean, maybe there's a visa issue with uh, Barthel and uh, Eichner. Yeah. And these guys are great in the ring, but there's about they might as well be called Blandy McBlanderson and yeah. Blandy McGee. I mean, they they've done nothing to push this championship as special on TV recently. The commentators don't really put them over, and if they can't cut good promos, then someone else has to tell the story for them because nobody is, and no one's doing that job. So yeah, it was it was very confusing. That entire title picture to me is just a schmaz of stuff. Yeah, and then the main show kicked off with another match that I said I said last week they might throw this together, but you know what? These guys have more long-term holding power in a feud than to just throw this match on the pay-per-view, and they did it with Finn Balor and Timothy Thatcher. I, you know, my big problem with Thatcher right now is that he's losing. And to me, Thatcher has so much upside in the fact that he's a guy that people can't figure out. He wrestles a completely different style. It's like a Southpaw in in boxing. Like, it's just, even though he's a little bit smaller and he's not as big of a personality, he's just a guy that baby faces can't figure out. He's he's too fast. He's too technical. And someone's going to have to really go back to school to beat this guy, even if they're more athletic and all this kind of stuff. And they're just, they're booking him as a solid hand to put over other talent. And we saw that with the now proposed uh, apparent feud with Damian Priest that spilled over into uh, the, uh, the, the, during the week, the NXT show. And I just find it such a shame because Thatcher's so good. This match was just great. Yeah. I love the mat wrestling. I love the holds. I love the facials. I loved Finn getting down and dirty and wrestling on the mat. Yeah. It showed a side of his game that was just, it, it's, it's like nothing else presented in professional wrestling. It's a breath of fresh air. It's believable. It looks like a struggle. I would watch, give me five minutes of this match. And give me the entire history of the Young Bucks. I'll watch five minutes of this match. Every bit of this looks like professional wrestling. None of it looks choreographed. It's believable. If wrestling looked like this, it wouldn't be as embarrassing to be a fan. 
this this was a very fun match because we like you said we got to see a different element of Finn Balor's game than what we're used to like i i don't think i've ever seen Finn wrestle a match like this before and i followed him a little bit uh in Japan not super in depth but i mean just to see him work a a, a mat wrestling match was awesome because th- this is the stuff that I love in wrestling. I, I've spoken many, many, many times about how Daniel Bryan is one of my favorite wrestlers of all times. And it's from his ability to work these sorts of matches from the Indies and all of that. And I, I enjoyed this match so much, so much. So I, I felt like we were off to a good start for this pay-per-view my my only slight critique is the fact that I still feel like this was a heel versus heel match. Yeah. Because I just, I haven't seen Finn Balor. He still seems like a heel to me. I don't know if he ever turned baby face or he's a tweener or something. But it's a tentative ally, uh, uh, alliance anyway uh, uh, to his character. But because Finn was kind of a default baby face in this... His comeback kind of came out of nowhere and there wasn't a lot of fire into it. Wasn't a lot of like kind of like getting the the non-existent crowd into it. It kind of just happened, yeah. which seems like something a heel would, that's like a heel <laughs> finish uh, yeah. that would take the wind out of the crowd. I know the crowd's not there, but just, you know, hear me out. But this is what I think you lose because Finn's working like a heel against another guy who's obviously a heel. So all heels wrestling kind of killed the finish to a really really good match doesn't mean i didn't love the match i was just a little critique i had on it Mm -hmm. the latter match was up next for the north american championship damian priest won it we'll get that right out of the way uh you called you did call that one right i called priest and i called carrion cross i had a good night yeah uh this was this was a spot fest I, I was really, uh, if you would have told, uh, you and I, we align on so many things as far as the things we like in wrestling, but I feel like ladder matches and a lot of the spot festy kind of stuff. I think you, you like more of the funny stuff, especially funny in the ring. You and I both agree that funny yeah. outside the ring is, can be great as long as it's actually funny. But I feel like you get into more of the athleticism and you can appreciate a spot fest a lot more than I can. Especially as I get older, I want believability and storytelling. And you're kind of like, no, man, they're doing a great athletic stuff here. Shut up. This is entertaining. I would have flipped the coin of whether you would have liked this or not. Because I, all I was thinking this entire time was, man, would I kill to see a one-on-one ladder match. Because these multi-person ladder matches are just garbage. They're not fun. They're not exciting. We've seen every spot before. They're the most contrived things you can put together. And I read these reviews of people going, well, you can always count on a ladder match being great. Since when? My last, (laughs) the last ladder match I remember like really, truly liking was Luke Harper and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, for the IC title a number of years ago. And that was a one-on-one ladder match. These multi-person ladder matches just suck. I mean, they suck on toast, man. They're, they're not good. 
you have to you have to bury people on the side of the thing. You have to put all these contrived spots together. And what really killed this thing dead, dead, dead for me to the point where I was like, could this please fucking end is when dream goes up on that big ass fucking ladder and does his little pose and hits the belt with his hand as he's going up the ladder. He's looking at the title. And he decides to do some pose and then figures out that he could grab the title. But at some point, even though he had a minute and a half to do it, wasn't able to do it. I was like, oh, screw this match. This is just stupid. On paper, that spot was well thought out. I, like, I, I think that they were going for something that was supposed to be a nod to uh, guys who climb the ladders and don't realize, like, and... They could have gotten the the belt. I think it was a little nod to that and a play off of that. But yeah, when he's climbing up the ladder, looking straight up as he's going up, you lose a little of that there. Um, I almost I almost forgot about that uh, spot until you just mentioned it. the The only other things that that I recall from this match was Cameron Grimes' little split spot that just showed some athleticism in him and it was a comedy spot. And, uh, <laughs> the really fucking silly, uh, Candace jumping on Bronson Reed's back and then him delivering the splash and Candace selling like death from being the backpack <laughs> of Bronson Reed on a splash. How did that hurt her? I have no idea. I have no idea how any of this stuff gets set up, and I don't know why this had to go so goddamn long. They they didn't make everybody look good. It was just, it looked like a bunch of friends got together and said, okay, let's go all do a tumbling routine inside of a professional wrestling ring. Here's some cool shit we can do. And I don't know how you can watch this match and not feel that way. You can look at it and go, man, they beat each other, they beat each other up. Yeah, they did a couple things I haven't seen before, but that's not exciting when you have to set those things up in such a way that yeah. you have to suspend your disbelief to a point that it, that it doesn't make any sense. The entire portion of this uh, seven or five multi-person triple threat matches to set up a multi-person ladder match. Many of these people had no business fighting for a championship was a waste of time. A complete and utter waste of time. Damien Priest, he's a talented guy. He's got a great look. I mean, listen, uh, this the poor man's Chris Angel. I mean, we haven't <laughs> seen that in wrestling before. Uh, but no, I, I'm I like him as a chance as a as a title holder. I picked him to win it. I think he's got some potential there. But I can think of 47 ways they could have put that title on him without having to do all this crap. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the match that seems like everyone was talking about from this fucking show. Adam Cole, Pat McAfee. I'm sure you have a lot of issues with this one. Oh, I could talk. I could. We could do a whole new podcast just on this, and I can talk about it every week for the, the next Adam year. Cole versus Pat McAfee podcast. Mm-hmm. Brand new, uh, coming to you on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are found. Starring the guys from the Misspots podcast. Uh, all right. I'm gonna. 
I'm going to say just a couple things, hopefully real quick, and then you have the podium. Uh, yeah, Pat McAfee did some impressive looking shit in this match, but a former punter in the NFL, a now podcaster, has no business in their very first wrestling match going toe-to-toe 16 minutes with the longest reigning NXT champion in history. He just doesn't. If you wanted to show that Pat McAfee can go as a professional wrestler with Adam Cole, you could have done this match, but with McAfee squashing some enhancement guys leading up to this showing off his skills and being super confident and big-headed about himself and then going and showing hey he can kind of hang with Adam Cole before he wins this match like but the way they set this up as Adam Cole going on a show Adam Cole storming off Pat McAfee making fun of him this there was one physical altercation between these two. And now Pat McAfee comes into a sport that he is not involved in. And he hangs with one of the best. That makes the, the sport, the schmoz that it already is, look like even more of a schmoz. And like, I, I just feel like that is such a slap in the face to wrestlers. I don't think that this is Pat McAfee's fault, by the way, either. This is NXT, WWE's fault for booking it this way. Like I said, they could have done this and made it work, but they fucked it up. They pulled back the curtain on themselves. So uh, go ahead, Kevin. Did I watch this match, Mike? Did I watch this match? Do you think I watched this match? I think you did because of you... Of course I didn't watch this match. No? I would never watch... Once I read that Pat McAfee hung with Adam Cole, I think I said it on the podcast last week, if Cole goes out there and squashes him, I'll watch it. I'm not going to watch it live because I was with family on, on, on Saturday. When I found out that he hung with him, of course I'm not going to watch this match because everything you said was perfect. It is an Embarrassment to professional wrestling. It makes the entire sport look stupid. It makes Adam Cole a joke. Adam Cole is now in a four-way match with Finn Balor and Gargano and Ciampa. He can't, he can barely beat a punter who's been training to wrestle for two weeks. Barely beat a guy who doesn't compete in the sport that trained for two weeks. Can you, if Adam Cole... Trained for two weeks to be a defensive back in the NFL. Could he cover an all-pro wide receiver? Of course he couldn't. If Adam Cole, if, if, if Pat McAfee trained for two weeks to fight in UFC, could he hang with the heavyweight champion of UFC? Of course he couldn't. He would be murdered. CM Punk was a person that, while he doesn't have a professional wrestling background or a amateur wrestling background, I should say, trained for months and months and months. Years. And could, 
yeah, years and couldn't beat and could not beat a mid card kind of nobody guy in a sport. It is an embarrassment that they would conceive this. This is an embarrassment that they would put it on. It is stupid. It makes you stretch the credibility of your promotion. If if you're going to do something like this, never present your your you have to go back to the 80s and present this as non-sport WWE. We're larger than life. Nothing is real. Duke the Dumpster Drozzy comes in in the 90s. If you're a garbage man, you can be a wrestler. If you're a plumber, you can be a wrestler. If you're a hockey player, you can be a wrestler. That is what you're doing with this. It does not belong to this time. And I will say this. I did not watch this. I've heard people I respect say that Pat McAfee was incredible here. That he's done great heel work and great promos. And this guy's a prodigy. I don't give a flying fuck about that if this guy's that good then bring him in have him train for months and years put him into a position where he can fight someone and show off his skills or just book this guy as a prodigy book this guy six months ago as this guy came into the performance center has blown everybody away and now he's hot at adam cole and give us some backstory that makes this guy seem like the next coming of Kurt Angle. Someone who hasn't even been competing in the sport but is amazing at it. It is, it makes all the, he, I guess he did a swanton and he did some real good professional wrestling moves. If he can do them, then I can do them. If he can do them, then anyone can do them with two weeks of training. So nothing that any wrestler does is impressive because anyone can do them none of this is combat sports and anyone can beat anybody up at any time. Uh, I hated all of this. It, uh, it, it brings down my enjoyment of professional wrestling to know that this exists. Yeah. And I, I thought you, I thought you might give this more of a chance. I thought you'd be like, Kevin, this was a really good match. I really had fun watching it. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, but it was still good, man. You're two for two. I I wouldn't, I didn't, I mean, I, I think I'm I'm pulling you over to the dark side. I I just like I said I I thought that he showed some great athleticism. He showed skills in the ring, but the story, the way that this all was laid out, was terribly done. It exposes the industry. I feel like I'm fucking cornet uh, saying <laughs> it, it exposes the industry. Uh, it, it's there. You have you have to have internal consistency and internal logic in any universe, any storyline, any any story you're telling. If if uh, if Batman is walking down the street and a guy from the pizza shop goes, you know, I never liked this guy. We've never seen him before. He comes out and gets into a 15-minute amazingly choreographed fight with Batman. We might go, man, that's a pretty good fight scene. But why is the pizza guy fighting him? I thought he had to be beaten by a supervillain, right? It, it wouldn't yeah. make any sense. It would not make any... I mean, <laughs> there's there's so many ways you can slice this with any situation where someone we have never seen before will never see again has no we have no reason to believe that they have any threat to this person that comes in and does something like this it's just idiotic it's childish 
It's it it is the equivalent of of my two and a half year old picking up a dinosaur and his favorite toy car and going, these are going to fight now. <laughs> my car's going to beat the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Well, that's what I have at my disposal. So that's what I'm going to use. Well, then, you know, be more creative. Yeah. All right. Moving on from that. Uh, Io Shirai defeated Dakota Kai to retain the women's championship. Uh, this is a, it's a good match. I the, really watched this match. Go on though, please. You okay. got to say something else. Um, I just don't th- like, it didn't draw me in like past women's championship matches did. Uh, and I was more psyched up by the aftermath of this match with seeing Rhea Ripley come out and get in the face. Well, she's of, a star. Yeah. She's a star. Of yeah. Raquel Gonzalez. And it just, I, I don't know what it, like, Io Shirai's insanely talented. Dakota sure. Kai's talented too. She is. But man, this just, it doesn't hold me like Bailey and Sasha matches or a lot of like Shayna and Kari Sane matches, Ember Moon, uh, Shayna and Ember Moon matches, Asuka matches. Like it just, I don't know, doesn't grab me. But uh, you were going to say something there. No, I just watched this very carefully because Dakota Kai, I, I hear, uh, I said that I just don't get her, I think, last week. I don't think she's really exceptional at anything. I think she's talented, but just kind of there. And doesn't nothing she does really stands out. Not promo-wise in the ring. She's very solid. She's a good professional wrestler. But nothing she does is exceptional. And I thought that was kind of unfair. And I'm like, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this match. It's a championship match. Io Shirai is very talented. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this match. But I wasn't invested in either one of them at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, not in the least. I enjoyed I, maybe this. Maybe that's what it is for me. I enjoyed this as a professional wrestling match with two competent and talented professional wrestlers. Neither one of them screams star to me. When I was watching Sasha Banks and Charlotte and uh, Shayna Baszler and even Ember Moon, who has not done great things in the main roster, when I was watching them on NXT, I was like, these are stars. These people are extremely talented. They can carry all. They can carry segments talking in the ring. They bring. They're bringing something to the table. And when I watch Io and uh, and um, uh, Dakota Kai, I'm going. These are good people to fill out a card. These are very talented people to fill out a card to work with your stars, and put on good wrestling matches. And I, I and I nothing changed my mind in that. It was a. They were a good match. It was one of the better matches I saw in all the hours of wrestling that I watched, but I wasn't invested in it. Yeah. And uh, fast forwarding just real quickly to NXT television this week, what Rhea Ripley said of being like, all right, now that you guys are out of in her promo, uh, that Dakota and Ray, Raquel, you're out of the way. Now, Eo's mine. Like I and I thought that like that's great. That's uh her way of saying, all right, it's my turn. 
then the whole finish to that match, we'll get to that later completely no just let's, let's just talk about it now we're talking about nxt there's no reason to go in, into yeah, uh, i guess know, so yeah thing by thing my big problem here is two last week mercedes martinez even though i'm I, I am less impressed with her every time i see her i still thought why are they spoiling it by having uh rhea ripley interact with her now why keep them apart raquel gonzalez someone that's taller than rhea ripley that that can look down at her right Mercedes Martinez can be as much of a badass. Raquel Gonzalez can be as much of a monster, right? Yeah. They can they they both have their thing that Rhea as a bigger badass babyface can has to conquer in a different way. And in successive weeks they made us they made them fight. Yeah. Why? That's true. Yeah. Keep them apart. Set it up. Get, let us get in, some anticipation. The reason why I didn't care about Io and Dakota Kai, you didn't give me a good enough story to get me invested. You can do that with the, this trio of women. And they just kind of hot-shotted it and threw it all together. Uh, so I thought that was kind of a shame. I didn't think it was a particularly well-booked match. I, 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 didn't, I didn't love it in general. I, yeah. I, I thought it was a rather blah way to, to, to send off the show. Uh, but just get Rhea Ripley back in the title picture because she's one of the women in NXT and has the most upside that can be the biggest star. You know, she's the person that should get that title and hold it and stay in NXT for two years. Yeah. Have the longest women's championship reign of all time. That's who you've got in your hands. Give her, get that belt on someone that she can chase. Let her conquer somebody and then throw a couple monsters at her. You know, calm it down a little bit. Give her someone else. It's going to be a mid-card feud. You know, someone coming up wins a number one contendership thing. But feed her over a six to nine month period a couple badasses to get us excited about it and keep us in- invested until the next big thing comes along. This believable person to beat her. Because right now they're not on the roster. Yeah. Even Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez, they're, still, they're both too green to really, really be... Uh, uh, like a, a threat, but you could build them up to be close. It's still so funny when you call Mercedes Martinez green, and I mention how she's been in the industry for over a decade. I, I'm telling you, she's <laughs> she, she doesn't look like she knows how to wrestle. I mean, she she she's mechanical in the ring, from my from my perspective. She doesn't look smooth, man. Do do you disagree with me on that? Uh no, I don't I don't disagree. I don't think she looks green, but I don't think that she's the most well-oiled machine out there. Okay. Well, somewhere in, so somewhere in the middle. Um getting back to and finishing off takeover, Karrion Cross beating Keith Lee for the NXT Championship. I I did not see this happening. <laughs> obviously. Uh, obviously, uh, based off of predictions. And this, and now in hindsight, everything just seems so bizarre. So we had Keith Lee win the title um, a little over a month ago. And in his first title defense, he loses it. And is off NXT, is up to Raw two days later. Um, this is just, like, the the lack of, and I get that W, like, 
WWE's main and you know you and I were texting let's call a spade a spade they can say NXT is the third brand all they want to but they still treat them like they're a developmental brand and they are they literally send their developmental people there so it is a developmental brand they they should not be treating it as a third brand because it's embarrassing to treat them as a third brand and have them stand toe-to-toe with their champions and things of that nature when keith lee loses a championship and gets called up as a promotion you know what i mean and probably is going to lose his first feud to whoever he goes up there on because that's the way it works yeah uh yeah, this is this is just WWE 101 that you said in this text message chain is that there just there's doesn't seem to be a long term plan. Yeah, Keith for Lee, a lot of things. Keith Lee was a badass uh, mid card t- champion who the people were behind, who stepped up, unified the titles. I know they didn't unify them, but won both titles at the same time. Relinquished one, lost the other almost immediately. So he went from a budding superstar on their brand to pretty much being you know you know poor he lost everything and then gets a call up to uh to raw and they put a you know they put a shirt on him because he doesn't look like a superstar brother so they got to put on a, a shirt on him to hide that belly and uh change his music and he's just another guy. And he has, that's what he will be up there. There's no doubt in my mind. Keith Lee is deader than, you know, whatever. So he's done. But it's a shame because he had, I, I said, my booking was Cross wins this. And it's freaking Rocky 3. You know, uh, Keith Lee has to, has, to, has to come back. He, has, he got everything he ever wanted, but it was fleeting. And he lost it in a blink. And he's got to get it back. That would be a great story to follow. But we're not going to get that. Uh, The match itself. This was a different match. This was a different TakeOver Championship match. It was slow. Mm -hmm. It was... It was... It was Matt wrestling in holes. Not the dynamic thing we saw with Finn and Thatcher. It was a slow plotting... Match. Of course, they did the stuff on the outside where they were out there. This for was a WWE minutes. match extended out a little bit. It, it was. I was just saying they did the stuff on the outside where they should have been counted out and they weren't. Which, but that was early on in the match. They did all this stuff, but the thing is, is that Keith Lee and Karrion Cross were more believable. Keith Lee sold better than anyone on the main roster does. Karrion Cross made what he was doing with his facials and his body language really feel like something. And it wasn't exciting to watch by any means, but I was enjoying it because I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting a bunch of just, I was expecting a, a Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee match, and I got something slower. At one point, if you and I would have been watching the show like we usually do, we have pre-COVID, I would have popped for a vertical suplex. At one point, an exhausted Keith Lee gets a vertical suplex on Karrion Cross, and I like kind of pumped my fist for it. Because it was the most exciting thing I saw so far in the match. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I got excited for a vertical suplex. I, I kind of <laughs> liked it because what they were doing in the ring. I have mixed emotions about the match overall. And I thought that the finish was flat as shit. I mean, 
Carrying Cross's finisher yeah. is a side fucking suplex. It's awful. That's a terrible finisher. And I think it can be a good uh, finisher if it's uh, if it's done well. But yeah, that it, it it doesn't look good. Being maybe it's that it's being done to uh, Keith Lee is what made it look bad. If you if you've got a finish like that, that if you deliver it with a snap and with a quickness and an immediacy, that's what makes it special. And then you have to do it to Keith Lee. Well, you're kind of screwed because he's a monster. He's a massive human being. You can't do that. But the fact that they finished it, really a really flat finish. It was a middle rope, Saito suplex. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. Okay, good. Saito. Saito. Uh, I just thought the finish was real flat. But the match I had mixed emotions on, uh, I thought it was okay. I liked parts of it. And I kind of just liked that the vibe was a little bit different than what I was expecting. And sometimes that's enough for me to be invested in something. Yeah. Um, so then out of all of this, this weird, really short feud that we automatically don't get any continuation on because Keith Lee gets sent up to raw carrying crosses, separated his shoulder is injured apparently going to be out for and uh william regal's terms a long time he has to relinquish the title and we are now set for next week a fatal four-way match between former nxt champions finn balor johnny gargano uh Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Adam Cole to crown a new champion in a 60-minute Ironman match. I mean, this sucks. I mean, the injuries suck. And it seems like they were kind of hot-shotting this championship in general, and they might not have had long-term plans about it. When you have Keith Lee as a transitional champion, basically, um, and... You can't help this. This is what it was. You know, he's injured. They have to move the title off of him. I wish they could have found a way to keep the championship on him. They've got the North American title there. They have one show a week. It's two hours long. I think they probably could have done... I think they could have gotten away with this for a couple months without him defending the championship. But obviously, they didn't go down that road. Um yeah, it sucks. And and bringing these four people in that are very talented, other than Adam Cole, because he can't, he can barely beat a football player. But bringing these people in to have this match, yeah, cool. And the the concept of a sixty man, uh, sixty minute Iron Man match with four people, we've never seen this before. Maybe the concept works. Uh, but you know, Champa just came back. Gargano did not win the North American Championship ladder match. He's kind of floating around. Baller's winning some matches, but couldn't even make it into the into that match. It's 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 definitely not an ideal situation. But I I do see one positive, Mike. Carrion and Cross will be off TV for a while. When he comes back, please stop having Scarlet do pantomime lip syncing to his entrance music because it may be one of the dumbest things on the show. It really? looks so stupid. It is just ridiculous. Maybe it's because there's no crowd and no one can react to it, but I hate that. And and overall, 
I don't know what she does. She doesn't cut promos for him. She doesn't cheat for him on the outside. She kind of just is out there and she does this little like like her claw thing and she just kind of like like looks intently <laughs> and she like almost like she's like willing like she has some kind of like control she's like magic. magical yeah some magic so other than being magic she's absolutely pointless she's not a manager she doesn't do any of this stuff she just goes out there uh, i don't get it i mean i know she's an attractive woman of course that's what she's there for but She's well, also his real life wife. I I know that. I know. I'm so, saying in storyline. Like, I wonder if that, they were a package deal. No, no, but I'm saying, but what's the point of her? If you're going to have a person who is obviously an attractive woman, that you're going to want to package them together, give her something to do other than delivering people hourglasses, because that seems to be her only function. I I think that they're going for a. By the way, I love. His entrance. Uh, and I believe I've said that before. They're cool aspects. But you like the you like the lip syncing of of the words? I I don't mind it. Um it and, and I do actually think that with a crowd it would in a bigger setting it would be more powerful. But I kind of look at her as being a yeah, kind of like a mystical <laughs> Like, and I hate saying that, <laughs> but like, I, like, yeah, like, a, a, like, like a shaman, I guess, for him. Like, she does apparently have some powers because she put a put a fireball into a contract. Uh, I don't know if you noticed she set fire to Karrion Cross's uh, logo on the Tron uh, at, when uh, they left the ring uh, on this week's episode. After he relinquished the title, they went back up the ramp and she put her hand on the Tron and Cross's logo just uh, it started fire out from her hand. So she has... She she has some videography skills at best, uh, or at worst. I don't know. At worst, she has some videography skills. At best, she's magic. Um, I, I I dig I dig what they're doing there. I like the 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 darker, creepier uh, things in in a wrestling presentation here every now and then, uh, like. Like I wanted to, I really wanted to like the fiend, but the that that just grew old to me very fast, and it's something like Cross and Scarlet that uh, is a little easier for me to sink my teeth into. So she's a witch. That yeah, she she's is a witch. You justify this by she's a witch. Okay. Yeah. Um I'm not saying that it's it's logical, but, but. that that's your justification of it. I get you. I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, so one thing we did talk about the 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 Brizongo thing, but this was in my notes, and I had to mention this. Uh, Fandango did the bad tag trifecta in this match. I don't know if you noticed this. He w- he tagged into a match where he was nowhere near his corner. He was at the midway point between two posts when he tagged in right 
which is was it, it was one of the self tags where he slaps the hold, back. Hold, hold, I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting to that. First of all, middle between two posts, nowhere near his corner. Two, doing a back slap tag, which shouldn't be allowed. Three, did not hit Tyler Breeze, hit one of the Imperium guys' shoes. <laughs> I did not see <laughs> So that. he was not in the corner. He was doing an illegal tag and couldn't even pull that off. He tagged the <laughs> opposing team member's foot. And then came into the match. That was priceless. That was one of the most beautiful, pointless, and nonsensical tags I've ever seen in a match. <laughs> I don't was... even know how that's physically possible. How do you, how because, do you hit the, because another he, guy's shoe? Because he was in a position to give the guy like a slingshot. He uh, Breeze had his legs underneath his arms. Like hooked under, like he was gonna slingshot him over the ropes. So he goes to tag him in. He hit the other guy's shoe because that was the closest thing to him. Oh, it was beautiful. I I I really popped for that. That was one of my favorite parts of the night. Um, And this was after last week having the best flying nothing in the history of uh, the world. Everyone's just trying to one up themselves, man. What what can I say about that? Uh, Tommaso Ciampa terrifies me. He is scary, and I don't know what to do with my feelings about it. Uh, I think that if The Fiend could be half as scary as Tommaso Ciampa, then he would be in a good position. That guy is brutal looking. I want to see him. One I was thinking when I watched him fight uh, Tony Atlas, is that who he was fighting? Who used to be Samba Simba? Sure, we'll go. So he fought Samba Simba. And he destroyed him and then just, you know, destroyed him on the outside and did all his stuff. And I was just thinking, this guy can't stay healthy. He's worked a hard style. He's worked on the indies that where you have to work this hard style. His bump card might be all punched out. I mean, he might begin to the point where he just is not going to be able to stay healthy. They got a hot shot this guy to the to the to the main roster. Put him in a position where he just hurts people and cuts promos. Hurt people, cut promo. Hurt people, cut promo. Just do it. The guy's believable. Even smaller, he can take people apart and it's believable. I would kill to see him murder Braun Strowman. To have Strowman in this baby face snarling nothing and no substance looking down on Tommaso Ciampa and have him just take his knees out from underneath him and put him in an ambulance. And work an angle where, yeah, he's small and undersized, but he's just so vicious. He's like a rabid wolverine. And, oh, wow. Did I just do that? Yeah, you're not you're not allowed to say that. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> he's like a really pissed off Wolverine. And he just takes people <laughs> apart. And, I mean, nine months of just smashing this guy over in a, in a position where when he gets beat, it will be really satisfying. Because seeing that guy get his comeuppance for a, a strong baby face would be amazing. That's what I was thinking when I was watching this. Well... There's, there's always been, and you know, it, it could be just a, a work, but Champa has gone on record saying, if I get called up, I'm retiring. 
he d- he doesn't want to ever go up to the main roster. No, I get that, and I've heard that too. I, I'm just but, saying, like he 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 has. There's utility in him as a character, as kind of a badass monster that we've never seen before, because he's just he's like 250 pounds of muscle in like a five nine frame. The guy's just he's a ball of just explosive energy, and they could take advantage of that. So, but what I, what I was uh, getting at here as well is as the butt to him saying, if they send me to the main roster, I'm retiring. I haven't seen Tommaso Ciampa fight in a while. And I didn't know he was doing this hangman DDT. And when I first saw him do that, I was like, Oh, is this a shot at Randy Orton? Because they've had internet beef they have, yeah. before. And I'm like, put him on the main roster against Randy Orton? That could be something. Like two psychopaths who like could really just try to hurt each other, like in the kayfabe sense. Uh I, I thought that that might have been a foreshadowing thing there. But like that that dude does what I th- <laughs> I hate to say it what I think Randy Orton does but better than what Randy Orton does like the, oh he does just, mu- he does mu- much better yeah the He's psychotic like no. don't know what's going through that guy's head character if you told me right now that I can get into a physical altercation with Randy Orton who is mass is much taller. I mean, he's he's built like every single male human being probably ever wants to be. Like, he is the epitome of what a professional wrestler should look like. Just ask JBL. And you said, I could fight him or Tommaso Ciampa? Are you kidding me? I'd pick fucking Randy Orton. I don't want to fight <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa. That guy will eat my eyeball. <laughs> that, that's, that dude will, 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 will give me no quarter. Uh, yeah, I, I think that Ciampa just, he is that guy. He, he's believable in that role. He is just a vicious, miserable son of a bitch. And when you have someone that is believable that you can buy in that role, I think you got to take advantage of it. Uh, yeah. I have to say that, uh, I feel like NXT in some, in some ways is just becoming, like a dime store raw or SmackDown because they don't have the budget, but all this crap with the tank running over Robert stone and Shotzi Blackheart screaming about ball pits is just the worst. It's the worst. Uh, at one point, Mia Yim did a two legged dragon, uh, dragon screw. Like, yeah, it just looked like two awkward, non-athletic people falling down. It, yeah, that that's the thing about the dragon screw looks devastating because it buckles one leg like in a very strange way. It just looked like she like took the legs and just kind of yeah. put her over on this side. Yeah. <laughs> Who you have to imagine it's the performance center. They're practicing. Someone should have saw that and go, "Oh, don't do that." Yeah. That's not a that's not a professional wrestling move. You didn't innovate. <laughs> you know, you're regressing the sport by doing stuff like that. Shanti Blackheart just screams things. She's reminding me of and howls. Car- uh, uh, yeah, uh, she's reminding of um, reminding me of Carmella from a year ago, where she would just randomly scream during matches, and you were going, "Please stop doing that." 
<laughs> please go away and don't come back until you find a way to be entertaining and not annoying. Because your horned helmet and your toy tank and your screaming and the worst catchphrase maybe in the history of professional wrestling, welcome to the ball pit, ain't doing it. Welcome All to right, the ball so- pit. Welcome to the I started this show out by saying one phrase over and over again. I should have just started by saying, <laughs> welcome to the ball pit. Welcome to the ball pit. At what point does that make sense when someone says it? Um, was that rhetorical? <laughs> um, all right. So we, we've been talking about NXT for like 50 minutes. I, oh, dude, we, we have. And, and by the way, we didn't even get to the most important thing. Isaiah Swerve Scott. Isaiah Swerve Scott. Isaiah Swerve Scott. This is wrapping the whole show up. We, we're not. We're never going to talk about <laughs> AEW. That's fine. They didn't do anything this week. <laughs> Brody Lee's champion. That's it. Good. No, not good. Actually, I'm sorry. I misspoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, Isaiah Swerve Scott is a thing that they feel like they always have to say all three names. You have the breakdown. I have the breakdown. So we've talked about this, and we've talked about this in the past with, like, TJP and, you know, hashtag fresh start. They, the announcers in this company are told to just repeat these names ad nauseum and, and so rarely say he or they. They have to say the name. And I am convinced that they say Isaiah Swerve Scott— more than anything else that they talk about him just to say his name. There must be some kind of competition between the announcers to say his name more. So I took it upon myself in this match to record all the times and iterations they said Isaiah Swerve Scott and how many times they said Santos Escobar or Escobar or Swerve Scott or Scott or Swerve. And it was telling, Michael. They said Isaiah Swerve Scott 25 times during this match. They said Swerve Scott three times. They said Scott 15 times and Swerve 11 times. They said Santos Escobar 17 times and Escobar 15 times. That's the kind of spread you want to see. Because you're saying Escobar and Santos Escobar kind of equally because it's easier just to say Escobar. Yeah, that's some parody. But... They said Isaiah Swerve Scott 10 times more than they said Scott. And overall, they said his name in some iteration 54 times during this match. (laughs) And they said Escobar's name 32 times during the match. There are two people in a match. You'd think they would mention them equally. Not even close. And they said Isaiah Swerve Scott 25 times. The next closest one was just Scott at 15. I I was... I'm going to do this. I'm doing this going forward. Anytime I see him in a match, I'm going to do this because I am convinced we never did this with TJP versus whoever he was, uh, Rich Swan or whoever was fighting. Like, I need to do this. I'm going to write my senior thesis on this, even though I'm not in (laughs) school, about Isaiah Swerve Scott versus everybody else because it's just baffling. We'll get a third party to grade it. Yeah. Uh, So. They said Santos, uh, like all iterations of Santos Escobar's name, seven more times than they did just Isaiah Swerve Scott. Yeah. 
not including any other iterations yes. of his name. Yes. <laughs> Only seven more yeah. times. Yeah, they they you they said some iteration of his name fifty four times during the match. Fifty-four to thirty-two. They were in a match together. There was only two of them. There weren't more. And just the fact that I just it was is is insanity to me. I, I don't I don't get this. But it makes perfect sense in the in the in the WWE universe. Because you know, I think back to watching watching baseball during the nineties and always remember announcers uh saying uh Lenny the dude Dykstra. Uh, every time Ken- he was up to bat or in the outfield, and and it's not, Ken Griffey Jr. They never said Griffey. They never said Ju- it was just Ken Griffey Jr. All the way across the board. It's a very weird, peculiar. The big thing. hurt Frank Thomas. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, so that was all we we can possibly talk about. I think with NXT, you did not watch AEW. I did. So, not. do you want me to just kind of give you my thoughts on that, and then maybe you can react to it a little bit? Sure. Okay. Uh, um, FTR now has Telly Blanchard as their corner person, as their manager. I I did read about that. Yes. I like that. Uh, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, MJF is the best talker in the industry. And yet half of the promo he did on this show was done by his quote unquote lawyer who was someone I've never seen before, who talked pretty well. He cut a pretty good promo. But MJF's the best promo in the industry, and you're having some guy we've never seen before cut a promo for him. Okay. That's weird. Weird. Uh, Eddie Kingston has formed a new faction uh, with the uh, the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Eddie Kingston. We've talked about the fact that he has done some, you know, some handyman work around my house before. Uh, but he is a good talker. Absolutely a good talker. I think there's potential in something like this. It's this, like, we've been held down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. AEW's existed for less than a year on normal television. I mean, I, I really think that's like the, fo- yeah. I know it started before that, but the real forming of the company where you can really get behind and follow the brand is less than a year old. Is it too early to we've been held down by this company group when they're not even a year old? Maybe. Especially um, when one of the teams has been on TV like every other week for nine months and just keeps losing over and over again. Butcher which the Blade. team are you? Butcher and the okay. Blade. Uh, but this is the, this is the big thing for me. Dark order, inner circle, the elite, the nightmare family. Then you have the three person teams like Jurassic Express, best friends, SCU. You have two people, but Taz's kind of group put together. Do we need another group or faction? Faction warfare coming up. <laughs> is this gang warfare from 1997 in WWF? Like, just throwing faction after faction. The Dark Order sucks. The Inner Circle has become a comedy group. The Nightmare Family is kind of not really a group, but it is. Uh, I mean, we don't need this. This does not seem productive, and I can't see this going anywhere good. Even with talented people, even with good athletes, even with a good talker, it seems a little bit ridiculous. Chris Jericho cut promos about mimosas. 
they're going to do a mimosa match. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, AEW, for presenting another match I don't have to watch. I really appreciate it. Yeah. There's no possibility of me enjoying this. You've given that to me ahead of time. So I know that I have 20 minutes of your show that I can fast forward. Thank you. Um, I have, I actually have a question about this show for you mm-hmm. and hopefully you can explain this to me. So there was a women's tag team match that was the finals of something called, what was it? Deadly draw. Yeah. Or? It was like a, a women's t- tag team tournament where a bunch of people got like kind of placed together in tag teams, I believe. So this was supposed to be like a lethal lottery sort of thing. I think so, but probably not because I mean, you had, because yeah. How did Brandy and Allie end up on the same team? Dude, I have no just idea. luck of the draw. I have no idea. I, I because reasons, I guess. <laughs> And it's, it all went down. It didn't even go down on dark. It went down on on YouTube, like on like yeah. it, it, Not that even though dark is dark on is YouTube. on YouTube, but it didn't even go down on the dark show that they put on YouTube. They did put it down on a separate thing. Yeah, I, I, my, uh, my, my feed cut out thirty minutes early because of the time delay for the basketball game. So I didn't even see any of that, which I wasn't missing anything. Uh, that I, I wasn't, I wasn't sad about that. Okay, then you can't answer my next question oh. was, what did they win? Uh, I don't know. We can probably Google okay. that. I'd probably Google that. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, listen, they did the, the dynamite diamond ring early in the run. It was kind of silly, but it was something that I just feel he like. He still brings that up. But oh, he still uses it to, to win matches. I'm just saying, like, this company early on. It was using some of these old school tropes to do something. But you're right. I've watched Dynamite every week and they've never told me what this what who what they win. Do they win ten thousand dollars a piece? Do they win an opportunity to rise up in the ranks in the women's division? It's like they forgot that they were trying to book a wrestling show because they got distracted by people that put their hands in their pockets. I and Matt Hardy teleporting and all this nonsense. It's just, it's very frustrating watching this show. Uh, the FTR and Paige and Telly Blanchard had a really bad at backstage interview. I'm glad you didn't see this because everyone seemed awkward and out of sorts when it came down to it. Uh, and they did a really dumb segment with Ricky Starks and Taz and... Starks dressing up as Darby Allen and trying to pretend like he was Darby Allen with a skateboard and being cool. And I was like, oh, this seems like bad WWE writing for a sketch that wasn't funny, that wasn't interesting, that really didn't even progress a storyline. It was just dumb. And that's pretty much when my cut, my feed cut out. I mean, Matt Hardy did beat up uh, Sammy Guevara. Matt Hardy is broken again. He's lost his mind. He's we've never seen him this unhinged. So Matt Matt Matthew Hardy existed for about five minutes, and now we're gonna get more teleportation and drones. Yay. Yay. Uh I I did look up this whole uh deadly draw thing. 
it is like lethal lottery and that they all drew colors uh, and matching colors became the the teams so somehow through that the nightmare sisters drew the same and also the team of excuse me big swole and lil swole drew a team didn't know that there was a lil swole uh, and the winners were awarded a trophy. That's it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then we talked a little bit about the whole Cody Rhodes. And, uh, Cody's great. He has... Uh, I mean, he he can barely beat War Horse. You know, he can barely beat indie talent that we're never going to see again that don't look like believable wrestlers. So, of course, he got beaten up by an adult human being the size of uh, Brody Lee. But is that the story we were trying to tell with the TNT Championship? We were all building up to this for Brody Lee of the Dark Order to hold this title. That's what they were, that's what they were going for. Uh, awful faction with one believable wrestler in the entire group. And a bunch of, I, I, I don't get this. I don't like it. I don't know where it's going. I don't care. Yeah, if if this would have been something early on, uh, as I feel like you you mentioned, like if they did this in the early iteration of the Dark Order, and and especially when Brody Lee first showed up, instead of throwing him into a feud with, uh mocks right off the bat this should have been the thing that happened him dethroning the secondary champion with ease and i i think then he could look like a more credible threat and maybe even have the dark order look like more of a credible threat i mean cody, having a champion lead them cody has looked like a chump to this entire thing he he fought scorpio sky for a shorter period of time than he did people that aren't even signed to the company that no one's ever heard of before. And I like the idea of him having competitive matches and, and, and beating some people, but he has to beat some people fast to have Scorpio sky, take him to the limits to have jungle boy, take him to the limits. Fine. These are baby face people that, that we have invested in that we think have a lot of potential, but to have someone like Brody Lee who couldn't beat Moxley and fought him hard for 20 minutes or whatever their match was and to basically go out there and squash cody it just it, it it's just like adam cole losing to the football not losing the football player but fighting the football player for 20 minutes i remember all this stuff i know that it's really convenient if i don't but you know it's a equals b equals c like i see this guy not able to beat to barely able to be barely able to beat Joey Janela. And then I see Brody Lee, who is a mid card talent in a terrible gimmick, squash you. Well, you're a nobody now. You've got no ability to 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 carry this company and to be a big name, even though you're one of the best promos in the company, even though you're a really solid worker and all those kind of things. And it doesn't raise Brody Lee up. He's just as much of a joke as he was before. He can't cut a promo to save his life, and the and the gimmick sucks. 
If that guy would have kicked the door down as the leader of the Dark Order, kicked out everybody but maybe Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Grayson's a decent worker. Evil Uno is not a terrible talker. I don't like them as a tag team. I don't enjoy watching their matches, but they might have some utility if they were to bring in two other people to the faction that were competent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they would have had that. And this is just this badass guy that doesn't fucking say anything because he can't talk. Have fucking Evil Uno, Uno, who can talk a little bit, have him be the mouthpiece. Don't have him wrestle. He sucks at that. And have, you know, Brody Lee just beat the hell out of people. He doesn't need to talk. He's the fucking exalted one. He's not He's not Vince McMahon. He's a big son of a bitch that can hurt people. Might have had something with that. But yeah. no, they went a completely different way. And now they're trying to rehab a group that it cannot have, that will never be rehabbed because they are a joke. And most of their members wear masks and they're named seven or six or 32. And not create a wrestler, create a wrestler 32. 47. <laughs> like Austin Theory. Austin Who? Theory would be a superstar in this group. <laughs> that goes to show you how bad this group is. Yeah. Dude, this episode is going so long. We just yeah. talked about all this stuff. And we didn't even talk about Thunderdome. We didn't even talk about no. st- Roman Reigns turned heel, apparently. Even though I don't still believe he turned heel. Just because he beat people up, I don't think he turned heel. No, even the the reports that I'm reading are saying that he showed a more heelish, aggressive side, but that he's not heel. He, as of yet. I don't least. think the guy turned heel. I think that's bullshit. And uh, Thunderdome. Any interest, Mike? So Roman Reigns apparently had a heel turn. The Thunderdome happened. You've read about it. Any interest in watching Raw or SmackDown? No. Completely agree. Nope, nope, nope. And uh, even if even if Roman is the leader of Retribution, I still don't care. <laughs> I still think it's hilarious that this group just keeps showing up and there's been no storyline progression, apparently. And there's like 20 of them. I feel like there's like I've read that there are a lot of them. Yeah, I guess they keep on switching people out to try to hide who is the actual members. But I guess someone like figured out who a majority of the ones from uh, Raw uh, this last Raw were They're like, I guess, Dijakovic and Dio Madden and uh, is there Caden uh, Carter? Is there anyone? And I'm, I'm rack your brain. Is there and it's all NXT people. But is there anyone, anyone in the world of professional wrestling that could make you excited or go? Oh, I can't believe that you asked this question last yeah, week. I'm, I'm asking you again. Still, CM Punk One is, the, is the only name that would interest me. And I would wa- I'd probably watch an episode of Raw and be like, you better fucking hook me right here. This is all you're getting from me. If you can't hook me with this now, then there, I'm back out. There is nobody signed to their roster that any that that could be that person that anyone will care about no they cannot shock 
They cannot pull someone from a different promotion. This is not the Monday Night Wars where, where Hall and Nash come over. They start at an angle. They have no idea what they're doing. And anything they do will be a disappointment. This is the higher power. But somehow <laughs> dumber. It's going to be Vince McMahon. <laughs> it was me. Uh, it was Vince and Everett. Well, they have all this like technology. It will literally, they'll, they'll take their hoods off and they'll all be Vince McMahon. <laughs> and it'll turn out that the real the real swerve is that he has cloning technology and he'll live forever. No, he just has the reface app. <laughs> oh man. Okay, dude. This was a long week of wrestling. This was three shows. This was tough to get through. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully next week we can we we can watch some uh We'll, watch, we'll actually probably get to watch both shows because they're on separate nights and before we would record. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe they'll they'll be better. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Do better. Be Everyone better. can do better. Yes, be better. Well, uh, thank you everyone once again for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week to talk NXT and AEW. Still no Raw, still no SmackDown. Fuck your Thunderdome. <laughs> and Thunderdome. In the meantime, it's the it's like I said, Vince never heard the term Thunderdome, <laughs> and then was like, "That's it. That's what we're using." And someone's like, "Well, I I was just kidding. That that wasn't what we should call it." <laughs> and he's like, "Nope, that's what we're calling." It. I heard I heard the lighting was spectacular. Yeah, and and so were the fucking stupid fans on uh, the the TV screens. Yeah. So, uh, thanks everyone once again. We'll see you next week. For Kevin, my name's Mike. Good night. Good wrestling.